Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Relatable Rambles, guys. We are shooting to do a health and fitness episode today. It's Our goal was to do once a month, or at least <laughs> my goal was. <laughs> I think we kind of missed last month. So we're doing health and fitness one today, but we also have a guest coming on. Her name is Kelsey Sperka, and she is a close friend of mine and is a marriage and family therapist. She's also just a really cool human. I met her when I was a group fitness instructor at a gym in Sebastopol. And so we kind of hit it off when she would come and take my classes. And yeah, she's gonna talk to us a little bit about her health and fitness journey. Since I have known her, she's always been kind of working on herself and working on her body and her own kind of health journey. And so would just really love for you guys to hear what she has to say. And hopefully she'll kind of walk us through where she's been and where she's going. But uh, before we do that, before we get her on, how are you, Mandy? I'm doing great. <laughs> how are you? I'm good, actually. <laughs> I'm good today. <laughs> I feel like I've had a really hard week. Cool. You know, so I just, yesterday we went to the city, we went to San Francisco and we mm -hmm. saw Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, but it was at the SF Symphony. The, yes. The San at, Francisco at Davies Symphony. Hall. And the San Francisco Symphony, is it, is it specifically their symphony? That I think so. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. So they played the entire score for the movie in like orchestra form essentially yeah so we watched played. the movie and then all of the music that would have been in the movie was being played live and it was amazing it was so freaking cool if you're a harry potter fan or just maybe i don't know if they do these for other movies i don't know but if you ever get the opportunity to go it is so freaking cool like they are so talented mandy and i were talking about how they were so good, you forgot kind of that they were even there. Yeah, I absolutely forgot that we were at a symphony and not just watching a movie yeah, at a were, movie theater. They were so spot on and just even like you would glimpse at what the conductor was doing. And I mean, there was not a moment out of place no. at all whatsoever. So if you ever have the opportunity or you're just a big Harry Potter fan like we are, please go because it's so worth it. Kind of fun, too, because at a normal movie, you need to be quiet, right? But this one was a little different. Yeah. The conductor, before it started, said, I want you to be loud. I want you to have fun. When you see your favorite character, please yell for them. And more importantly, obviously, applause for the musicians, of course. It, but yeah. it was it was different. It was kind of fun. Like, I loved it when Umbridge came out and everyone booed. Boo. <laughs> Yeah, and then you had the one person that's like, yeah. It's trying to be. Trying, trying to be different. It must be a death eater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Definitely a Slytherin. Yeah. But it was cool. It was fun because before we walked in to the symphony um, kind of hall, there was this guy who I guess he has an Instagram called Half-Blood University. Yeah. And he was doing like. A video for his Instagram asking people on the street Harry Potter trivia questions and he's like do you guys want to answer some Harry Potter questions for a chance to win $20 and we're like yes absolutely well, let me tell you that guy lost $20 yes he us. did 
shout out to Wendy too, because we would not have one without her clutch Katie Bell answer. Yes. They asked us who the three chasers were on the Gryffindor Quidditch team, and we blanked on the third one. And the easiest name. Mandy's coworker, Wendy, was with us, and she full out just went Katie Bell. And we got it. We won the $20. <laughs> it was great. So we had a good time. Highly, highly recommend if that is on your radar. Yes. Pull the trigger and go, for sure. Yep. Um, How do you feel after last week's uh, embarrassing episode? Uh, Nobody's really said anything. So fine, I guess. <laughs> or maybe people aren't saying anything because they're embarrassed for us. <laughs> I don't I've know. A, I've had a few people reach out and say that they listened to the episode and then they started telling me their embarrassing stories. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm glad I have freed you all to yeah. feel like you can express your embarrassing yeah. stories. I got some text messages. So my cousin, he goes, because the embarrassing story about how I had to use the bathroom, but I was in the middle of the hike and did not have access to a bathroom. And I used to leave. <laughs> and he goes, why didn't you use a sock? And I was like, oh, what? I've n- I never then, would have thought of that. Oh, I wouldn't either because then I would be like, oh, but my foot's going to hurt. Well, so Cause... he was like, the rest of the hike might have sucked, but yes. at least you wouldn't have had a rash on your ass for two weeks. And I was like, I never ever thought it. He's like, I thought that was common knowledge. And I was like, no, no. that's not common knowledge. But he said, oh, it must be a construction thing because he has, you know, kind of worked in just manual labor essentially his whole life. And I guess the construction guys and him would joke like, oh, my dinner's not sitting well with me today. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Or these socks aren't going to make it <laughs> through the end of the day. And I was like, what uh, Wow. Okay. Yeah. So. All right lesson if you ever are in a situation where you have to use the bathroom and you don't have toilet paper napkin kleenex apparently if you don't mind sacrificing a sock use your socks so there you have it Hmm. okay yeah good tip i guess i guess right i guess (laughs) i suppose okay well on that note (laughs) we're gonna talk health and fitness to you and we're gonna get kelsey on so hope you guys enjoy We kind of already introed you a little bit, talking about how you and I met doing, I was a group fitness instructor and you were taking my classes. Yeah. So what, because obviously I met you, you know, through kind of fitness and that kind of thing. I really wanted to talk to you about your own health and fitness journey and kind of get a little background and kind of talk to you about kind of what you've done over the years kind of some struggles that you've had or some major wins, things that you tried that absolutely didn't work for you, things that did work for you, where you're at now, kind of where you're going. Um, So this is probably going to be weird for you too because you're usually the one asking people questions. Very true. (laughs) And now you're on the other (laughs) side of it. But I wanted to start off with kind of when was the first time you really remember having feelings about your appearance or your body it could be positive could be negative whatever but kind of when you started to be like okay like this is something I'm noticing so I don't think I've ever told you but I started working out when I was 16 with Lisa oh at Langerman's in Sebastopol oh because yeah yeah, because I had herniated a disc in my lower back riding horses 
Oh, yeah, okay. so I had been doing physical therapy probably for close to a year, and, like, it wasn't healing, mm-hmm. and, like, it kept going, and my mom knew Lisa because Emily and my brother are the same age. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, All so right. that was how it ended up working out, was so Lisa was like, well, let me train her, and so Lisa was like, Kelsey needs to start working out, not just going to physical therapy once a week. Mm-hmm. So that was where, like, working out started for me. I had never, like been in a gym I was like what do you go do like the machines Mm -hmm. so she taught me how to do everything working out when I was like in high school no wonder your form is so good okay I think when I told Amira she said the same thing she was like no wonder makes sense if your form is really good oftentimes you probably met with Lisa Fuller yeah okay so she started I think I'd have been 15 or 16 okay but I worked out with her for a long time until like my back finally got better probably close to leaving for college Wow. Okay. So originally exercise primarily was for recovery from injury. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then prior to that, or even within that time frame, how did you view your body essentially? I mean, I was always, even like in middle school, I have always had like bigger thighs, hips, curves. Like sure. my curves came in before my friends, right? Like my friend was like a size two until we were like 17. And I was like, in junior jeans and like middle school like so my body was always like more curvy mm-hmm. um and so it was interesting because you would it's funny I, I look back now and I'm like I thought I was big then right, right. oh my god we <laughs> all do that yeah, yeah. I see We've memes all been there. I've seen memes all the time that it says something like I wish I was as skinny as I was when I thought I was fat and I'm like yes oh it's like god. my favorite meme so it's like it's so true so like then I look back at it and it was like, no, I just had a body at 15 years old. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, and no like, one else did. So you compared yourself, yourself to the other people. Exactly. Yes. And I look at myself now and I'm like, no, that was normal. So like it was normal. And then it wasn't until college I started to gain weight, right? The freshman 15. Sure. Because, you know, love power hours. Yes, we actually <laughs> went to the same college and we, we did. didn't know it until after we met. Are you guys the same age? No, no, she's a year older than me. Two, two years older. Two years older. Okay. Our birthdays are a day apart. Day apart. Aww. Yeah, so we have all these, like, weird little weird, connections. Yeah, we both okay. rode horses, never knew. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, our we have all these are weird one day apart. We went to the same university. So it's weird. Yeah. Okay. So in college, I gained weight, kind of stabilized. And then it was after college at about, I want to say... I was 24, because it was when I was living in Marin. Mm-hmm. Twenty. Yeah, it was, like, 24 before. Or before turning 25. I remember by this point, I'm working like a full-time job. Like, I'm not partying or drinking like I used to, not going out till two in the morning, coming eating home a plate of nachos and going to bed, right? <laughs> like, I remember the those life. days were yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, I was like gaining weight. And mm-hmm. I was like, what's, what's going on? But it was like all abdominal weight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's going on? So, so I go to my doctor and I told my doctor, I was like, I don't understand, like, I'm gaining weight, but, like, I'm eating really healthy, like, and I've always eaten pretty clean, like. Yeah, you have, and yeah. the doctors, that's when, like, it first started for me. So it was, like, 25, 24, 25, and they were like, oh, well, you need to work out more. I was like, even, but I've been working out since I was 15. I rode horses mm-hmm. five days a week before that. I played sports as a kid, like. So working out was always something that was built into my life, mm-hmm. just different ways. So after, so you went to, when you 
went to college, were you working out regularly mm-hmm. there too? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Obviously not to the extent I work out now, sure. but my sure, friends sure. and I would go to the gym, you know, the good old CSU oh God, it was such a shitty ass gym. <laughs> fucking terrible. I put me on the Stairmaster one time and it, the chain just broke. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. And I was like, what? It was like the biggest. Not a liability or anything. Yeah. It was the biggest afterthought of a gym yeah. at a university I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Most gyms in like. At colleges are beautiful. Yeah, like they're yeah, gorgeous. Even, I think they probably have a nice schools. one now. Pro- probably. It was yeah, so after new we left. at that time. It was like in one of the old. It was like the old military gym converted into the college gym. So it's, ah. it's the school is used to be like so it's on the Fort Ord where the military base was, and so a lot of the buildings that they used were like the old, rundown, falling apart military buildings, mm-hmm. and they only had like a few kind of new-ish buildings. And the gym was just not one of them. Anytime, like, a sports team was there in the gym working out, good luck trying to get yeah. anything done. Because I mean, yeah, so it was tiny. probably twice the size of your classroom. And I'm not joking. Yeah. Wow. For an entire university. Yes. Yeah. That's crazy. It was ridiculous. Yes. Okay, so you weren't working out to the level that you do. Yeah, now, but, but I was working out. We'd yeah. do stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'd always worked out, had always been active. And after college, I going to gym you know going to like 24-hour fitness my friends and I would work out so working out was always something I did yeah um but it was around 25 where I was like okay like I'm gaining weight like what's going on yeah and my one of my good friend roommates at the time was uh she played softball at St. John's in college so she was like let me write you a bunch of workouts let's see so we started doing that and then she was like this is weird like you're still gaining weight like I live with you you don't eat bad like Mm-hmm. We didn't eat bad, like, and so it was like, okay. So that was kind of like around 25 was when like the marker hit, and I just kept like gaining and gaining and gaining, and then it was like, okay, well maybe I need to start dieting, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what everyone says: you need a diet, you need to do this, you sure. need to do that. Well, then around, I want to say it must have been 27, I started to learn about macros because one of my friends at the time was going to Sac State for nutrition mm-hmm. and she had to do she had to do a macro for someone and like have them track for three months as part of like her capstone or got she, it she would always give me ideas on like ways to eat healthier she's like can I do that with you and I was like cool yeah did it with her I would this was like so from about 27 to the last like year and a half so what was that would have been 33 27 to 33 mm-hmm. I'd gain like I'd lose like five ten pounds and then I would stop, gain mm. it all back plus more. And it would just be this like back and forth, back yeah, and forth, yeah. back yeah. and forth. So that was at like 27. And then I think I met you at 29. Uh, Probably. I think I was 29 when I met you. I think so. Because so, I remember when you turned 30. So what? I was 29 because I was was living in Sebastopol and I had turned 30. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Because I had I was living at my parents when I started yes. at Inspired with you. Yep. And so I was 29, turning 30. And I mean, you saw I used to come to class five days a week. Like yes. I've always been super active in class. Like very dedicated. 6 a.m. You were there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was like kind of I kept going and going. Go back to the doctor and I was like something's wrong. Like something's not working like I'm gaining weight still the doctor's well you're not being honest about how much you're working out you're not being honest about how much you're eating whoa wow yeah so I got told that by multiple doctors throughout the years like well you're probably lying about it like 
Why? Yeah. I feel like, why would I come here to lie to you? Like, sure, maybe other people in my life or whatever, because maybe there's shame around it. But I'm coming to you because something's yeah for help. Yeah. So why would why would you lie to them about it? Yeah. And I was convinced for years it was my thyroid. I was like, something's wrong with mm. my thyroid. Mm. <laughs> and they were like, no, it's it's you, it's you. And I guess I'm like 29, right? I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, the doctors are no one's giving me that. I'm not asking for medication. I'm just saying like run blood panels. Like, can you see? Yeah. Well, in Western medicine, they'll only run your TSH. Okay. Which yeah. is your primary thyroid level. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we have like, I think it's four or five thyroid functions that you're supposed to get ran. But so kept fighting, kept doing all this. And I was like, so then in my practice, I had all these clients start talking about like functional medicine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is weird. Like three or four clients kept talking to me about it. Like, oh, have you ever heard of functional medicine? Have you ever heard of functional medicine? And I had never really heard that much. So I started looking at it and it's like alternative medicine essentially. So they look at you instead of like Western medicine looks at your ranges like within normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Functional medicine looks at it within optimal. So it's smaller ranges. Oh. So it's, they say just because you're normal levels doesn't mean you're optimally functioning. Huh. So you can be in a normal range, but that's not what your body should really be functioning at. Okay. So I didn't learn about that until... So, so I was like, okay, I think I want to do this. I was finally at a place, a lot of insurance don't cover it, so it's paying right. mainly out yeah. of pocket. Yeah. It's finally at a place financially where I was like, I'm going to just invest in myself and do this. And so... That's amazing. I was like, I'm going to... I mean, it was a lot of money <laughs> when I did my taxes last year. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot. But if you're going to invest in anything, make it yourself and your own health. Exactly. But it paid off. Yeah. It did pay off. Cool. So... Through that, so then I was like, okay, well, how do you find a functional doctor? I don't know. Yeah. There's all these people all over TikTok, all over everything. I'm a functional this. I'm a functional that. I'm a naturopathic this. I'm a, like, I don't know. Like, who's legit? Who's right. not? Yeah, yeah. And so I told my mom, I was like, I really want to think about functional medicine. My mom was like, oh, I know people who've done it. It's great. You should look into it. So my mom had told me to message one of her friends who does function, who knows about functional doctors. And she's like, she'll definitely send you to the right person. Well, then, um, I had been telling my mom about it, and I ended up, we were talking about it, she was at acupuncture, and the acupuncturist my mom and I saw was telling my mom how she's a functional doctor. Oh. And so I didn't know that, because I hadn't made that connection with her. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, well, Brittany's a functional doctor, and I ended up reaching out to her. My mom's like, wait, let me get, Kelsey is trying to start getting into that for her hormones. Mm Mm-hmm. So I end up working with Brittany. It's with this um, her business is Maley Medicine. Mm-hmm. So I end up working with her. She ran like all these crazy tests on me. Blood. It's just all blood tests. Okay. And so I started that in December of 2021. And in the process of that, um, in the process of all of that, we ended up doing a bunch of blood work came out that I had mold stuck in my body what? from when I lived in Monterey. What the fuck? Uh-huh. So, okay. Go ahead. Wait. <laughs> what? So how did how they How do you deal with that? What do you do? So, they end up doing the blood test. And so I have mold stuck in my body. 
which is affecting my thyroid. So wow. it was my T3 free. I've never heard so of such a So it's like, yeah, because you have like, like your TSH, yeah. your T3, your T4, your T3, and there's another one for your thyroid levels. So they'll only test in Western medicine your TSH. And if that's normal, they won't test your other levels. But just because your TSH is in normal range doesn't mean your other levels aren't off and doesn't mean that your other levels won't be messing up your thyroid. Hmm. Wow. So... How do they know to test for mold specifically? So what she was doing all these tests, um, I don't really know. I mean, she, I, I can't, I think they took 50 vials of blood from me. I'm not even joking. It was like the most blood tests I've ever had done in my life. Wow. Like everything under the sun. Like she printed me out a 75 page pamphlet on all of my blood tests. Wow. And so... In that, she was like, there's all these markers showing that you have mold in your body. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? Well, so when I lived in Monterey, I lived in the dorms my freshman and half of my sophomore year. I lived in the suites. Mm-hmm. But then I moved out with friends into, like, old military housing that they converted <laughs> into condos. Mm-hmm. And it was, when I lived there, I would get the weird, my asthma was the worst it's ever been. I had to be on a pill mm-hmm. and a daily inhaler. And then at one point, I got a yeast infection. My entire stomach was, like, the outer part of my stomach was covered in a yeast infection. Holy shit. When I lived in this house. And I remember, I had been 20. When I told, when I was going to the doctor, they were like, there's probably mold where you're living. And I was like, I'm 20 years old. I'm not like, like, I don't care. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's mold. (laughs) What, 33 years old? So what? Yeah. (laughs) me. And yeah. so, like, <laughs> 30 fast forward year 13 year years old. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but so it basically can get stuck in your blood and then, like, mess up your body levels. Hmm. And so I ended up, so we did that. But before we could do that, we had to do um, all of these, like, basically a super intense liver detox because she's like, I'm going to put you on these intense, essentially, herbs for, like, I ended up doing it for eight months mm-hmm. to be in it detoxes. It pulls it all out of your body. Mm-hmm. And so when I was doing the liver detox, it was this crazy diet for 21 days. What was the diet? The worst thing I've ever eaten. It literally, <laughs> it was like, basically the first week of it was essentially whole 30, which wasn't bad. Okay. You could eat whatever you wanted as long as it fell into that whole 30 range. Okay. It's the best way all I could right. describe it. But the last 14 days was a sent this like super specific meal plan that I had to eat in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't eat meat for the last week. Yeah. Last 10 days of it. Mm-hmm. And I basically was eating like mung beans. I don't know if you've ever I've had never this. even freaking heard of a mung bean. I've heard of it, but I've never had you one. Want, you don't want it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. She's like, no, so, okay. don't try, try it. Try. So I end up having like these mung beans. And what it does is it, it's basically like an elimination diet mm-hmm. and you everything out and then we added things back in mm-hmm. and in the process of adding things back in I found out I was allergic to corn yeah ah. and so what happened was I had had corn and then my the next day I woke up and it felt like my eyes like have you ever had pink eye yes you know that <laughs> feeling you have it's like sand in your eye almost it like hurts felt like that and I was like this is weird and then I broke out in a rash around my eyes 
just when you introduced it back, mm-hmm. like I remember you talking to me about that you had a corn allergy, but I didn't realize that when you like introduced it back because when you were eating it regularly, it wasn't that severe, but because you got rid of it for an extended period of time yeah. and then brought it back, your body was like, absolutely not. Well, so basically like I was like, corn is an inflammation. So I was yeah. always in a state of inflammation, which is part of why I was holding on to the weight I was holding on to. Ooh. So when I ate the corn, I gained five pounds overnight. So just from eating corn because of everything. Wow. Yeah, the retention. Yeah. So this is where so, I, like, obviously it's not five pounds of body no, fat. It's right. five pounds of like water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that was like that's where you can look at like your in- inflammation base, right? Mm-hmm. Is like if you look at on that, and so like, that's when I really started learning about how the body holds on to things, and I was like, mm. okay, so Mandy's in the process of an elimination thing too. I she. Am. I, uh, I went to the doctor because I've been having stomach issues, and um, she said, let's cut out dairy 100% for three weeks and see what happens. I'm pretty sure that dairy is not good for me anymore. You're, you're two weeks in? Um, yeah. Well, I think so. Around two weeks. And I had dairy once. I had a cupcake one day. Kids birthday yep and I felt terrible for the next two days just like super bloated and you almost feel like hungover. bubbly like my stomach mm-hmm. was all bubbly yeah yeah I don't yeah mm. yeah so it was, yeah it was <laughs> two really hard things to avoid <laughs> corn and dairy yeah. <laughs> oh no well so now which I'll get to eventually but now when I have corn because it's been a, over almost two years of corn free I had it in July Mm-hmm. And, like, when I have it now, because, so, what, basically, I was like, I can't be allergic to it. I don't eat it that often. Well, you start going through everything. Coffee corn creamer meal. is corn syrup. Corn syrup. Oh, corn, corn syrup. syrup. I forgot about corn, corn syrup. Corn meal. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Dextrose is corn. Glucose is corn. Oh. Uh, malatrexite is corn. Everything you, you guys go through your cabinet when you get home, and you'll be shocked how much corn you consume in a day. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, so you were eating it a lot I was living all you. day, every day. Yeah. And everything, right? Wow. And I was like, oh, my God, it's in bread. It's in, like, all these things you don't think it's in, and mm-hmm. you're eating it. Mm-hmm. So I started eliminating it, and at first I'd be like, oh, I could have it every once in a while. But now I'm to a point where I haven't had it, and I don't have it. So when I have it, I have, like, an actual allergic reaction. So, like, within 30 minutes of having it, so it happened in July. Okay. And it's my fault. I was going to chance eating a funnel cake at the boardwalk. <laughs> it's really hard. Just, I wish I just never knew what some of these things. And it wasn't even a good one. It wasn't Dang even oh, the one. It's not even worth it. No. Uh, but I had the funnel cake. Yeah. Okay. In half an hour. I was so swollen that, like, my hand, I can't, like, clench my Almost hands. Almost, like, anaphylactic a little? It is. I, Holy my shit. My feet were so swollen, I couldn't put my Bergen stocks on. Whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. And my stomach, like, I literally start to, like, swell. My boyfriend had never seen the reaction. And he looked at me, and he's like, I'm saying this in the nicest way possible, but you're huge. Like, just because, like, he was like, Almost like you're um, not lying. Like, he's like, you just, like, blow up. Yeah. What's that chick's name from Willy Wonka? Veronica? And yes. she starts to blow up, like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I started to, like, blow up, essentially. And it, and then I break out in a rash. Mm. So do you carry an now? I don't carry an EpiPen because it doesn't get... So I have these natural Chinese herbs that I take okay. with me, and they're called Silurex, and they're basically like a natural version of Benadryl. Okay. 
and I take those. I carry them with me everywhere. I mm-hmm. usually eat them anytime before I go out, so I take them before and after. I'm really good about staying Just away from case. things now. Yeah. Um, that was my fault, and it was stupid. I took Benadryl that night, but it's like it was crazy because I was sitting there. And have you ever like eaten so much where you take a big breath and you're like, oh, I can't feel. I don't feel like I can. Yeah, breathe you can expand. You're so like, that's yeah. how I was feeling, and I was like, I didn't eat enough today to feel this way. But I was like, God, I used to feel this all the time when I would eat. It was because I was always mm, having this reaction, but yeah. no one ever told me. Like, who thinks mm. corn? Yeah, no. But it's this, like, new allergy that they're discovering. Huh. So I wonder, too, if part of it is, we, we kind of talked about it, actually, Mandy and I yesterday, we were talking about the dairy stuff. Like, in the U.S., because they use so many different things to either grow their products or to like manufacture fillers, fillers whatever yeah. that it could also part of it could be like the shit that they put yeah, in yeah. it to Not grow it right the dairy but everything so else like maybe if you were to have corn and say portugal it might yeah. be a completely different story absolutely yeah well yeah it's just like people who are gluten-free can go to europe and, and eat, eat their right. wheat because exactly. they don't have the same process that we have yes uh-huh. yes. yes yeah so that was kind of like so that happened in december Mm-hmm. of 2021 mm-hmm. and then now and then like I started working with like a fitness coach doing like meal planning because I was like okay I have this piece down now I want somebody to kind of figure out like then like I'm I'm good at like tracking I'm good at like planning out my macros but I need somebody to like here are macros these are what you have to follow mm-hmm. so I started working with him I was still working with the functional doctor mm-hmm. and so I did the mold for seven months which was the craziest thing I would break out in these rashes like all over my body yeah as your body was detoxing Mm -hmm. from it detoxing and so like we have detox pathways in our body Mm -hmm. and that's what like processes out like so when you drink alcohol the reason we get hung over is actually because your body is full of toxins and our detox pathways are too full Mm -hmm. and we can't flush out the toxins Oh, so that's why as we get older things probably don't operate as quickly exactly. so it makes so, it a lot harder part of okay. this was like clearing out my detox pathways or it's just time and your body essentially has accumulated so many toxins it's constantly trying to get rid of stuff as exactly. you're older so when you drink alcohol and you add more toxic material to your body mm-hmm. it takes a lot longer to get out because it's already been working hard yep okay. so all that connects together right sure. so then i started that i did that for seven seven and a half months that ended in last August. Okay. So almost a year, a year ago. ago. Okay. And then um, I've just, and then from there, I started. Have you guys heard it's all over like social media, the MTHFR gene? No. No. Yeah. So there's this gene. Apparently, we're not hip on the trends on I, social I media. I already knew that. <laughs> about me, at least. <laughs> this, I never knew about it until it's now all over. So it's probably over social media because I Googled it. Sure. So it pops up so, in social yeah, media. So, yeah, of course. Right? So one of my clients is telling me how she's a carrier of this gene and it's connected to like ADHD, anxiety, depression, uh, weight gain, all these other mental health issues. And Mm -hmm. my client was telling me that her psychiatrist is putting her on a supplement and they're going to take her off for antidepressant. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. As a therapist, (laughs) you're like, what the fuck? So I was like, I need to read about this because like, I need to know what's going on. Sure. Mm -hmm. So I started reading about this gene and I was like, holy shit. I have all of these symptoms. Yeah. So when you start raising your hand for every symptom, yeah. yeah. 
And so I'm, and then I'm reading more about it and it's like blood clot issues, which runs in my family, but I don't carry the blood clot gene. No one in my family does, but my dad and grandma both have had blood, like uh, deep vein blood clots. Okay. And like, so all of these things are running in my family and I'm like, whoa, and like that's connected to it. Um, it's also connected to like dementia and early like Alzheimer's and all these other things. So start mm-hmm. reading about it. Email Kaiser. We don't do anything about it because it doesn't matter. Of course, Kaiser says that. So I email my functional doctor, mm-hmm. and she ends up running a whole genetic panel on me. Wow. And, yeah, so it was like $250 or something I paid in this whole genetic panel. Well, I'm a carrier of the gene. Oh. And so what that means is your body – so when we take vitamins, we methylate them, which means you break them down so your body can absorb them. Mm-hmm. But we can't – if you carry this gene, you can't methylate folate or vitamin Bs. So what ends up happening is if you're taking – so there's all these connections to women when they get pregnant who have this gene are told to take folate and folic acid, mm-hmm. but we can't methylate it. So it means we can't process it. So you're taking all this extra folic, folate and folic acid. How is it excreted? It stays in your body because you can't get rid of it. So you're basically poisoning yourself. What? Oh. Uh-huh. And so then there's a connection that you're taking it to help your baby – but your body's not actually absorbing it. So there's a connection to women who carry this gene in children with mental health issues. Because mm-hmm. you're not actually absorbing the folate that you need to help the baby's brain develop. Dang. I feel like I'm going to need to look up this and like, it's so, I mean, obviously you talk to your um, functional doctor and stuff about it. And when you researched it online, did you find any like scientific, like peer reviewed articles or anything? Wow. Yeah, there's stuff okay. all about it. Huh, okay. But because it's a it's a methylation thing, mm. Western medicine doesn't look at it because mm. they're like, well, you're fine. Well, mm. so I stopped. So what you have to take is if you're if you have this gene, you have to take a methylated version of vitamin Bs, which means it's already broken down. When you take mm-hmm. it, you can absorb it now. I see. Okay. So mm. your body can't methylate it, so it can't break it down. So then you take that methylated version and through doing all of that I had like all these like my like my anxiety went down like I just Mm. feel better like I don't feel as sluggish all the time like all these crazy things interesting yeah interesting I feel like Mandy's like (laughs) I need to see a functional doctor ASAP (laughs) and so but in that process of all of this like I'm still doing my meal plan I'm still not having corn Mm -hmm. I'm still working out okay um so then what have you noticed in, I mean, obviously you said you've had reduced anxiety, you're less like essentially inflamed. What other kind of changes in your body have you noticed? Well, so now that like my thyroid is finally working. So from January, 2020 to well, this week, because mm-hmm. I weighed myself yesterday, I'm down 35 pounds. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. And, that, and has that been like an up and down type thing or has it been fairly linear through that time? I mean, it's been fairly linear. It's like up five pounds, down three, up five, you know, like okay. it's like water weight. Like sure, you can sure, tell sure. where my cycle is and you yeah. can tell all these yep. different pieces, but like I can pull up on the app and it like pretty much shows you the if you, if you kind do the of, whole, yeah. like if you zoom it out to the last year and a half, continuously down there's like some little like ups and downs sure like that's normal within a month in a woman's cycle yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but if you were to find the mean kind of the average line through it it would be okay 
and so through all of this I've learned like because of my thyroid Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna drop weight like 20 pounds in a month that's just never gonna happen for me well and it shouldn't for anyone yeah Yeah. okay but like I won't it takes me longer to lose the weight Mm -hmm. but I've lost 35 pounds and not gained it back which is huge for a lot of people Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. but like I've lost it and even now it's like I'll pull up I'll show you guys pictures that from like when I started and I mean Amber's seen my journey through the whole thing it's like when I started to where I'm at it's like I've lost nine inches in my waist wow that's incredible so it's like but even then it's like now I look at myself right it's like my body type is never going to be like Amber and I are not going to have the same body right because we don't have the same body type Right. right and that was like something I talked with my coach when I started doing the macros he's like well what's your goal I was like I don't have a goal weight because I, numbers are. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I don't. That's Love what he it. said. He was like, I was like, I don't have a goal weight. My goal is to just feel good in where my body's at. Like mm-hmm. my body, even like I said, I look back at when I was 15, mm-hmm. like I thought I was overweight then, mm-hmm. but like my body was just curvier. Like I'm always going to have thighs. I'm always going to have hips. Like mm-hmm. that's just how my body holds it. And I hold a lot of muscle. Mm-hmm. Like when I get yeah. on an in-body scale, it's like, I remember going to this one place and doing an in-body scale. And the guy was like, if we had you at a 0% body fat, you would still be 175 pounds. Because of your muscle mass. Because of my muscle mass. And he was like, that's insane. Like, he's like, that's amazing, but that's insane. Like, he was <laughs> I like, mean, I've seen this girl work out, and I know she's really fucking strong. So <laughs> I, I am completely in belief of this. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, like, that's where he's yeah. like, it's crazy. Because then you, like, I, I've had this fat layer that just, I can't break through. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, finally, it's like breaking down and like shifting and happening. Well, but. and I love that you've accepted and just have this awareness that the weight on a scale, that's just a fucking number. It does not tell you the whole picture. Yep. And I love that you approached it in a way of like, there is no goal weight for me because I don't know what essentially that would look like, yeah. right? Because you do have so much muscle mass and you do have other components of your body that are going to weigh something, yeah. you know? And so I think when people obsess over the scale and what the number on the scale says, I'm like, please stop because that it's not telling you the whole picture. I tell people all the time, you can cut off an arm and you can lose weight. But again, still, like it's, it doesn't mean you're going to be healthier or happier no. because the number on the scale says something yeah. different. So I think that it sh- people should value a lot more in-depth look at their health in terms of what your muscle tone is, what... Uh, your body fat percentages, what your visceral fat is. And then for you, especially like looking at, you know, your, your blood work, right. Mm -hmm. And seeing how that's changed. And are you getting closer to the optimum levels of health? Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of where it started. So it's like, you started narrowing. It's like, okay, I've hit this level. I've hit that level. And like, so things are starting to work. And now it's like, I can do my meal plan. But even now, like, I mean, if you know anything about macros, it's like, I eat, I'm in a cut right now, mm-hmm. and I'm still eating 2,000 calories a day. So for people that don't know what a cut is, it's essentially a calorie deficit. So she's eating at – so the energy that she would expend via, like, exercise and then her BMR, she is eating in a caloric value that would still allow her to lose weight. That's what that is, the cut. So Yeah. So okay. it's, like, through working with my coach, he his mentality is, like, reverse dieting is what he calls it. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle change. And so mm-hmm. it's like, starting with him, he was like, we have to get you to maintenance. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, what? Like, maintenance? And he's like, yeah, we're going to add calories in. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, no. Because, like, our culture tells us, eat a 1,000 calories to lose weight. Right. So fucking And it's dumb. like, that's not going to work. Sure, if you want to, like, keel over half your way yeah. through the day, sure. And eat so, a 1,000 calories. And then calories. it's like, he starts tracking and looking at my numbers, and he's like, you burn more calories than some men. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I think it's because of what you do for a job. He's like, you're using your brain, which we don't think about how many calories your brain burns every day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you burn, like, anywhere from, like, on a low day of me doing nothing, I'm burning, like, 28, 2900 calories. On a day where I've, like, worked out, worked, gone on a walk, I'm burning anywhere close to, like, 32 to, like, 3800 calories. Well, that, and I think, too, if you've done the in-body scan and you've seen the amount of lean muscle tissue that your body has in general, yeah. the higher amount of muscle tissue that your body has, the harder it has to work in order to sustain it. I mean, it's the growth, the repair. Even on days that you're saying that you're resting and you're not yeah. exercising, your body is still recovering from all the workouts that you did yeah. in the week. And that takes calories, right? That takes energy yeah. to rebuild, to regrow, that kind of stuff. So the more the higher your muscle mass is, the higher your BMR is. That's your basal metabolic rate. That's the amount of calories you just burn resting, living life, essentially. Breathing, sleeping, repairing, you know, using your brain, that kind of stuff. So that that makes sense yeah. to me that you're up there. But I'm up there. But so then it's like since losing the 35 pounds, my everything has dropped, which mm. has been cool to see because, like, now – I weigh less, and it takes less for my body to go through the day, yes. and, like, so all these shifts. Have Your body has to work, uh, doesn't have to work as hard yes. to be able to sustain you, which actually, if you look at it from a, even a deeper health perspective, that means your heart is working less, right? So that means, which is so much better overall health, yeah. you don't want your heart working super, super hard every day, Yeah. right? So you're at less risk for heart disease and high blood pressure and all that kind of stuff. One, it's like part of going back to like all the Western health. It's like when the doctors were like, oh, you're lying. I was like, okay, well, if I'm lying, look at my pulse. Mm-hmm. Like I have a low, low pulse. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's because I work out. Mm-hmm. It's like, like my I had strong. a doctor one yeah. time I was in urgent care and he had taken my pulse and he looked at me and he goes, how often do you work out? And I was like, what? And I'm there for like bronchitis or something. I was like five days a week. He's like, yeah, I figured that. And I was like, what? And he's like, you have you such... You believe me? I know. He's like, you have such a low, low pulse, you have an athletic pulse. Hmm. He's like, so people who have who work out a lot, your heart's stronger, so it can... Your resting heart rate must be pretty yeah, low, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I get notifications on my watch often. Are you okay? When I'm sleeping, it's like, you dropped below, da 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 And I'm like... That's but good. I was like, okay, look at that. My blood pressure, I've always been, like, lower. You know, like, mm-hmm. so if that... If those signs are happening, why would the other... Th- like... Right. And, like, the doctors right. were like, well, we just can't tell you then because you're just still not being honest. And I was like, that's when I was like, okay. <laughs> that's really fucked up, actually. Okay. It was. Interesting. So then all that kind of came through. So now where I'm at, it's just, like, I'm working out. But then through, like, my, my meal plan and everything, like, I've also learned a lot about, like, eating to, like, feed my body. Mm-hmm. Rather and, than like, I'm eating so I can be skinnier. Mm-hmm. It's actually, like, I just – want to be able to fuel properly yeah mm-hmm. and there was like a point where like my coach who I was working out with he's like I I wasn't dropping and I was in a plateau and he was like I think you need to take a week off of the gym mm-hmm. and I was like no I can't do that <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, like, no, I cannot take a week off of the gym he's like no I want you to take a week off of the gym and I was like no like that's my mental health mm-hmm. he's like you can go on walks mm-hmm. no longer than like two miles though and I was like what mm. and I was like he's like just trust me like 
you're paying me money, Kelsey, to just trust me to do this. And mm-hmm. I was like, I will trust you. But if I gain Bye. weight this week, <laughs> I'm never doing this again. I dropped five pounds that week. Wow. But he was like, it's inflammation. Your body, you're working out so much constantly that your body, you're not giving your body enough to let the inflammation drop. Yeah. So yeah, essentially it was water weight and two, like oftentimes it just, yeah, your body holds on to stuff differently at different times. And she's not saying, again, she lost five pounds of body yes. fat in that week. It's just everything her body was holding on to. Was, was... able to just drop off. Yes. And then the, the, the sure. water weight, the inflammation. And, like, when you talk about what inflammation is, like, inflammation is our body holding on to water weight, holding on to sugars, holding on to those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And so once you gave your body enough recovery, mm-hmm. it can be like, oh, I don't have to be in this heightened stage of kind of fight or flight. I can, mm-hmm. like, let things relax. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it like drops down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's kind of where I've been at. And then I'm still working out other than currently having bicep tendonitis. Mm-hmm. You do? To... Oh, no. Yeah. Shoot. Got that by doing. But she didn't let it keep her down and she's still exercising. So one of the things that I always like when people say, oh, I can't work out today. I hurt my wrist. I'm like, so... How's your leg? How are your legs? How are your abs? <laughs> How's your other arm? Because you can, st- there are things that you yeah. can do that aren't going to require that one wrist, yeah. right? There are so many other things that you can do. And I guess people try to use any excuse, right? Yeah. To not exercise. But well, mine is like, and I mean, obviously, <laughs> <just like>, uh-huh. <laughs> mine I'm is like tired. being in mental health. It's like, I can sit all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see eight clients in a day and I'm sitting for eight hours. Sure. The walk is to like walk down the hall to get the client and do the next client. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I walk to the door and I don't even have to walk. Like, <laughs> so it's like, if like, I don't, I like I can ver- do very minimal movement in a day. And yeah. like, I just can't do that. Like it just doesn't work for me. So mm-hmm. right now I'm still doing Pilates. Oh, good. So I've just been doing Pilates like four or five days a week. Wow. Okay. So you've been doing, um, is it the hot Pilates that you've been mm-hmm. doing? Okay. So hot. yeah, I paused from F45. Okay. And because just, of the, cause the lifting constantly and stuff? Yeah, because it's just like, it was so, it was, well, they had done this whole, because like every month they change, right? Yes. They did this super intense upper body, and then we did shoulders one day, and I was like, God, my shoulder is killing me. And I kept mm-hmm. telling one of my friends that I work out with, I was like, I know we did a rough shoulder day the other day, but it still hurts. And then mm-hmm. it was like a week went by, and I was like, no, this is more than like, and like I finally ended up I've been seeing this guy who does body work and he's been working on it and like it's connected to like an old neck injury from when I was younger and everything's connected everything creeps so, back up on you but it also has to do with like how my how I hold my shoulders and how sure. I hold my body and mm-hmm. so I've been I was like I just have to pause at 45 like I can't be doing the high intensity mm-hmm. and then now it's like I like fitness classes a lot because it just is like some like I like the community I like yeah. having the people that you're going with the and like, energy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but sometimes I feel it's hard when you're in there because like doing hit workouts five days a week it's like you exhaust your body oh thousand percent yeah. and it's like I think that's where it got to is like I was just like maxing I'd be working I'd be doing this and it's like I was not work lifting the way I should have been lifting mm-hmm. so well it's hard when Especially, I mean, I love F45. I love their workouts. I think they're designed very well, especially for group fitness, getting people to um, lift weights, to burn a lot of calories in that short amount of time. However, in terms of growth 
and building strength, if you have that amount of short recovery time, you don't have time to actually feel like you can lift heavier mm -hmm. or take the proper amount of time to recover in order to sustain that exercise for the amount of time that they give you. So it, it, I do love it. I think it's a great workout. I highly recommend it to people, especially if this is kind of their starting in their mm -hmm. fitness journey. But I think people eventually kind of graduate to a point where they start going to a gym on yeah. their own or having a personal trainer where they can, you know, do a deadlift or do a barbell squat, but then have two to three minutes of recovery in between, Yeah, you know, and to be able to build those sets. Yeah. But I think for you taking that time to be like, okay, I'm going to step away. I'm going to listen to my body, but I'm going to do, I'm going to, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop exercising. Yeah. I'm just going to do something else yeah. to like make sure that I can recover to the place that I can recover. That's fantastic. I yeah. think that's awesome. Well, and it's like, it's been crazy to just to see the shift because I've always done Pilates on and off, but I've never mm -hmm. done it this consistently. Yeah. And like, I think I've seen more of a shift in my body mm. in the month and a half of doing Pilates. Wow. I've like leaned out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if you're someone that uh, retains a lot of muscle and builds muscle really quickly, that makes sense, right? If yeah. you're not constantly putting that... Um, essentially adversive on your body mm -hmm. you know the uh, your body's not having to adapt constantly to the heavy yeah. weights and stuff so yeah because if you look at people that generally do pilates they have a different body type yeah. right than lifters so yes. that makes sense this is going to conclude part one of our conversation with Kelsey Spurka. You can look forward to next week with the rest of the episode in part two. See you then.